Welcome in to the Victory Sports Podcast. I am your host, Preston Victory. I hope you all had an amazing weekend. A big weekend from both college football and the NFL. Lots of fun and lots to dive into. But I want to start with college football before we get into the big stories of the NFL. We had a Cincinnati challenge briefly by Navy, pulling out the victory at 27-20. Again, I stand by my take. Cincinnati is not deserving of the college football playoff. Alabama would wipe the floor at them, and at the end of the day, I don't think Cincinnati is going to get in. So for all those out there who are, you know, Cincinnati is going to get in, they're not going to. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but they're not going to. Oklahoma squeaking by Kansas. When it comes to, like, the Oklahoma Sooners, I just, I mean, this is a tough team to figure out. I mean, they pull out so many incredible wins each and, like, each and every week. Um, I definitely don't trust them at this point against um, top-of-the-line competition like um, Georgia and Alabama. But, you know, they keep finding ways to win, so credit to them. Let's say Alabama wiping the floor with Tennessee. Tennessee kept it close going to the fourth, but Alabama pulled away late. And then there was one more. Oh, yes. I thought this one, like this game in particular, was interesting. Uh, Oklahoma State at Iowa State. So Iowa State went into the game favored by 7.5 points against Oklahoma State who was undefeated in top 10, uh, was a top 10 ranked team in the country. Iowa State was unranked. So I found that to be interesting that the spread favored Ohio State by that much, despite Oklahoma State being in the top 10. Um, Iowa State ended up pulling out the victory 24-21, and the, the fans stormed the field after they beat them. And you're like, whoa, 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 that's... That's pretty impressive. An unranked team beat a top 10 team? Well, yes, but they were favored by like over a touchdown at one point. It may, the line may have gone down to 7 by the time the game kicked off, but <laughs> you were favored in this game. So I thought that was a little silly with the fans acting like they won the Super Bowl when, in fact, they actually were supposed to win the game in the first place, and Oklahoma State ended up covering and then uh, one other game I forgot to mention was Clemson at Pittsburgh. At the beginning of the year, Picks, or Clemson, I should say, was favored by two touchdowns. And leading up to this game, Pittsburgh was favored by about like a point, maybe two. And so I just think that speaks to like speaks volumes about how far Clemson has fallen. It's been um, quite amazing to see and. I think it goes to show how tough it is to always remain on top. Everybody's always gunning for you. And um, I wonder if they're going to be able to bounce back from this. I mean, I, I think at this point they are what they are uh, this season, but they've got another top-ranked recruiting class coming in. So I wonder if this is just going to be a blip in uh, Dabble Sweetie's record as a head coach. But He's obviously got his work cut out for him uh, the remaining of the, like the remainder of this year, and obviously like going to be looking to bounce back next year. So I think that's an interesting story to watch going forward. Moving on to the NFL, and 
I wouldn't be doing the show justice if I didn't start off by talking about my Tennessee Titans. Back-to-back victories over the Bills and the Chiefs. Only the Tennessee Titans could lose to the Jets, but then respond by beating the Chiefs and the Bills. Just an unbelievable like performance from the Titans. Um, I sent a message into one of my uh, my sports bet group chat, and I made sure to let them know the Titans are going to win the Super Bowl. That's just straight up facts. I mean. They beat, like, the two teams that played in the AFC Championship game. Like, they're obviously going to be a, a team, like, um, they're obviously going to be a team that um, is going to give other, like, opponents fits. And, you know, Derrick Henry running the ball the way he has been. I mean, he's on pace for, I mean, God knows how many yards at this point. But, and what's crazy about today, when the Titans beat the Chiefs, Derrick Henry didn't even play that well. He had 29 carries for 86 yards, and averaged 3 yards per carry. So, he didn't even play that well, and the Titans still found a way to dominate. So, I don't think the Titans are going to lose again the rest of the regular season. They've got a big matchup next week against the Colts, but I'm loving the way they're playing right now. Ryan Tannehill, once again, proving all the haters wrong. Everyone keeps saying that, Oh, like Tannehill's, he's not that good, or, you know, he's, you know, yeah, he, he's good, but he always feeds off of Derrick Henry. Look at the numbers. Look at how he's played. It, it, it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm over anyone who is who's out there making the claim that Ryan Tannehill is not a franchise quarterback. He's, I wouldn't call him um, an elite-level quarterback, but he's without a doubt a franchise quarterback and is more than capable of leading the Titans to the promised land. He proved it again here today. Mahomes obviously didn't play his best, but I mean, you just got to give credit to, like, to the team in general. I mean, the defensive line is getting better. Um, everyone stepped up, and like, and like, even when their best player wasn't playing well. So I give props to the Tennessee Titans. Um, other news that was noteworthy, or games, I should say, that were noteworthy. Bengals making a huge statement and making me look, like, dumb. I mean, I had this team pegged for dead last in the division. Um, And up to this point, uh, my take on picking Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell has been wrong. There's no other way to put it. He's been an absolute stud. I laughed when I saw the story back in the preseason where he made the excuse for all his drop passes. Um, being due to not having the white stripe on the football, I thought, I mean, this kid, I mean, it, like, he, he's just not going to work. I mean, come on. Like, you can't be making excuses like that and succeed in the NFL. But he's gotten his act together pretty fast, and I give him credit for that. And, you know, I think, I don't think he leads the league in receiving after today. We still got a uh, Monday night's game. Uh, to determine that, but I know he's at least uh, top five in the NFL. He had 200 receiving yards. Joe Burrow lit the Ravens secondary up, and I know some people might be saying, well, Preston, like, you're saying Lamar Jackson should be the MVP? Yes, he should still be the MVP. It's one game. Calm down. I mean, the Ravens right now have been decimated by injuries. Lamar's the only reason they're even staying afloat, and They've had a lot of close emotional games the Ravens have. And, you know, 
if they if they beat Las Vegas at the beginning of the season in overtime, they're going they're undefeated going into this weekend. So I don't I'm not interested in hearing people say like Lamar is not the MVP. I still think he is the front runner, and I think he should be the front runner. I ended up uh, placing a bet on him recently um, to win that MVP because I feel that confident that he's going to win it. He is carrying his football team, and from a um, value standpoint, there's nobody else. Like, there's no one individual player that provides greater value to his team's success than Lamar Jackson. I mean, you, you look at Kyler Murray. He, like some people say, well, Kyler Murray's like should be front runner. Yeah, I think he should be in the conversation, but I don't think he is as valuable to the Cardinals as Lamar Jackson is. And what I mean by that is. The team is still really good around Kyler Murray. He's surrounded by great weapons, you know, good defense, especially at that defensive line lit, led by J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. You know, pretty decent secondary led by Buda Baker. Um, and so Kyler Murray's got a great team around him. Lamar Jackson doesn't really have a great team around him right now. I mean, they're not terrible, but they're definitely not good. So... The way I look at it is he is doing more with less compared to what Kyler Murray is doing. So that is why I think he should be ahead of him and why he should be the front runner. Another person people like to throw out is Dak Prescott. Uh, Dak, I would say, while his his story right now is, is incredible and I am thrilled that he's been able to bounce back from the devastating ankle injury he suffered last year, He's got Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. I mean, the same th- same like storyline sort of as Kyler Murray. He's surrounded by a great team. And, you know, props to him for taking advantage of that. But he's surrounded by... He's, he's not doing as much with less as Lamar Jackson. So, he definitely should be comeback player of the year, like at this point. There's no question. But to be the MVP, I'm focused on the value that a player provides. Like, if that player were to get hurt tomorrow, what would the state of the football team be? And I think the Ravens would just utterly collapse without Lamar Jackson. He, they don't, they probably have a losing record without him. I mean, their backfield's been decimated. Injuries on the defensive side. They lost Marcus Peters in the preseason um, to a season-ending injury. I just... You cannot replace the value that Lamar like provides, and he should be the front-runner for the MVP. Today, um, regarding other news or games in the NFL, you had the... Uh, so you, had, you had Jared Goff returning to L.A. for the first time. And a story emerged that I, th- I found interesting. When uh, the trade occurred with Jared Goff moving him uh, from the Rams to the Lions, uh, Sean McVay called Jared Goff, and Jared Goff hung up on him. He was pissed. And I guess I kind of understand. Like, I mean, I would be pissed too if um, I had gotten traded like that. But, you know, he the Rams weren't producing at what Sean McVay envisioned the team producing at on the offensive side, I should say. Like, Jared Goff does not throw the ball deep. He's not a big play quarterback. You need your offense to be a certain way with him. And 
the Rams are trying to win a Super Bowl, and I don't blame them for wanting to go get someone like Matthew Stafford that could take their offense to another level. But obviously, Jared Goff did not take too kindly to that, and there is reportedly some an awkward exchange between the two, Sean McVay and Jared Goff, at a restaurant in L.A. a couple weeks after the trade. Uh, they have since supposedly made up and have been uh, cordial with each other, but there was definitely some bad blood heading into this game. And early on, the Lions took it to the Rams. Um, they emptied out the bag of tricks early on with the onside kick, the fake punt. I loved it. I thought, okay, you know, we've got ourselves a ball game here. Uh, ultimately, the, the Rams prevail like, as that they were definitely the better team and won rightfully so. But I definitely enjoy watching this Lions team play. Uh, Dan Campbell, I've got a lot of respect for him and what he's trying to do there. They're not a very talented team, and I mean, they clearly want to play for him. They will run through a brick wall for him, and I think, you know, when you've got a bad team and you're still getting your players to play, like, night in and night out, I think that's that speaks volumes to who you are as a coach and as a person. So the Lions are, are definitely a ways away from being any sort of contender for the division, the playoffs, etc., but, you know, I think they potentially have the right guy in place uh, to finally get that culture heading in the right direction. Um, definitely been rooting for them. They're definitely, at this point, the lovable losers of the NFL. You know, they play hard, and, you know, they just get so close so many times. So, I definitely um, I hope they uh, get things figured out here sooner rather than later. Uh, fun fact, though, I forgot to mention earlier, Jared Goff has still not won a game without Sean McVay as his head coach. So if you were kind of wondering why the Rams traded him away, there's your answer. He, he's very dependent on what he is surrounded by. Uh, Patriots over the Jets. I'll say the Patriots were emptying the bag of tricks in this game as well. I found that to be interesting against the lowly Jets. But I, I remember like early in the season, or before the season started, I said the Patriots were going to make the playoffs here. I still stand by that at this point. Um, I know it's a little easier to say after such a dominant win over the Jets, but I like what they're doing with Mac Jones. Defense is solid, obviously well coached by the greatest uh, defensive mind in all of football, Bill Belichick. And let's see here, and look at their schedule. Yeah, so they got a tough matchup against the Chargers next week. But then they've got Carolina coming up, Atlanta, the Colts. Buffalo is going to be tough, but I think they're able to at least steal one of those two games from them. Uh, Belichick has definitely helped Josh or He's uh, forced Josh Allen to some uncomfortable situations, and he has historically struggled against the Patriots in his career. Now, the Bills have been winning games as of lately against the Patriots, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Josh Allen was playing well. But I, I see the Patriots going on a run here and uh, making a push for the playoffs. I like the way Mac Jones plays. He takes care of the football, doesn't try to do too much. I'm a big fan of that. Where was it? Oh, yes, the Eagles at the Raiders. Raiders continue to put together some wins. I mean, they are 5-2 on the year. My goodness. I 
I was definitely wrong about this team as well. I will say I am like I was wrong about the Raiders. Now I don't think I think they get it like they can end up as a wild card team, but again I'm still not sold on them as an actual contender of any sort. Um, defensively, their secondary is not very good. Um, defensive line, like their defensive line, led by uh, Max Crosby. Am I, am I getting that right? Want to make sure. Yeah, Max Crosby. Got that right there. Uh, Max Crosby is a beast on the defensive line. Has been able to generate pressure, so that's uh, covered up some of their defensive woes. And Derek Carr is playing, not at an MVP candidate, but he, at an MVP, at an MVP level. But he's playing at an elite quarterback level, and they're going to need him to continue that as um, the offense is shown to be a little reliant on him. Josh Jacobs hasn't proven to be as effective as a of a back as he has been in the past. But I like where the Raiders are heading. I think potentially without Gruden as their head coach, they might end up being a good team potentially in November and December when you know it really counts. So we'll see how the uh, the new head coach handles that. Then we've got. Um, Washington football team over Green Bay, or sorry, Green Bay over Washington football team. Packers continue to roll after getting crushed week one against the Saints. I think the like, I think just Aaron Rodgers has proven what he always is, elite quarterback. That you know, you can't judge any week one performance. Um, a lot of teams come in with like that type of energy that they're better than what they are, and. I think you know the Packers just needed a week to figure things out, and they've certainly it just certainly seems like they have. So I like where they're heading. Uh, let's say Buccaneers, Cardinals take care of business. Like not much needs to be said about them. And then the Colts over the 49ers. This one I found to be a little surprising. Uh, Carson Wentz has definitely started to find his stride um, with the Colts. Again, I still don't buy into him much as a player, given his um, given his in, like his injury uh, proneness, and I like I mean the Colts in general have just been decimated by in- injuries. They're obviously going to lose next week against the Titans because, as I said earlier, the Titans may never lose again. So, good luck to them there. But I like like the way that. Uh, Jordan Taylor, or sorry, Jonathan Taylor has been playing. He started to look like a top five back and could definitely give opponents fits. That's definitely taking the pressure off of Wentz to play, um, to take the top off of uh, the defense. And it's like made the throwing lanes a little bit bigger, so a little bit wider. So that's helped him a lot. And the 49ers are kind of becoming exactly what I thought they would be, where their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, doesn't have the confidence that he did back when the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. And while the locker room certainly supports Jimmy G, I don't think I, I just I don't think his confidence is there. You know. Let's say Trey Lance, the rookie quarterback, I mean obviously he is itching to play. I don't think he's the the um, answer right now, but I definitely think he can be in another year or two. So I think you've got two teams like 
Colts ascending, 49ers descending, and see the Colts have got you know like they they're coming together at the right time to make that push toward the playoffs. We're getting to about halfway towards the end, like through the NFL season at this point, which is crazy to think about. Time has certainly flown by, um, and for the most part, it's like shook. It's like it's shaking out like for the most part how I thought it would. Um, Bengals and Raiders are definitely the two biggest surprises. I don't know if anyone could have seen that coming. And everyone else has been kind of relatively what I thought they would be. So no big surprises there. Uh, one game I want to talk about a little bit more um, to close out the show. The Broncos at the Browns. So Browns won the game 17-14, but that's not what I'm interested in. Browns fans. Are you sure you want to pay Baker Mayfield a big contract? Because when I watched the game, I didn't see much of a difference or hardly any drop-off between Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield. And you're not going to be able to afford the talent that you've surrounded Baker with once you pay him this large contract. You can't go pay for an Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, get these... um, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, these, and then of course your top of the line defensive players like um, Javani and Clowney. You can't get that when you've got 30, 40 million sucked up into a contract with a quarterback who, he, he's not the reason you're winning games. Like when the defenses know the Browns have to throw, they're not the same. He had a chance to prove, like, prove everyone wrong against Kansas City. Couldn't do it. L.A. Couldn't do it. I know they should have won that the LA, the Chargers game. The penalty was bad. I get that. But I don't think there's any drop-off between him and Case Keenum. If so, it's very it's slight. It's not anything big. And so I think if you are in the front office of the, of the Browns, you need to take a long, hard look at whether you want to award Baker this contract. Because if you do, you're essentially trapping yourself and you're not going to be able to have a really good team around him and he has given no indication that he's going to be able to handle that. So I think that's a big dilemma for the Browns going forward. If I were them, I would be looking at other potential options if there are any better ones out there. Again... At this point, it, it won't happen, but if the Raiders end up collapsing again in this year like they have in years past, I would go all in to pursue him. You could also pursue Aaron Rodgers because um, who knows if he's going to be back in Green Bay next year. That's a big question mark. Um, you could look at the draft, although I don't think you want to waste a, another year or two with this caliber of a roster on a rookie quarterback who's going to be trying to figure things out. So I would look for a proven veteran uh, to potentially help lead you. I think Aaron Rodgers is probably the best option. I wouldn't, again, I would not go after Deshaun Watson. The dude has 20-plus sexual assault allegations against him at the moment. Those are still obviously being um, worked through, but... I highly doubt that he's going to be able to play anytime soon in the NFL. That's my take on the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. 
I think the Browns have got a lot to think about and should consider other options besides him because you don't want to trap yourself with a below-average quarterback and paying him $30, $40 million a year. So think long and hard about that if you're in the the front office of the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to go head off to bed. I've got, you know, more schoolwork, life of a student, of course, but I love all of you. Appreciate you tuning in. My name is Preston Victory, and this is the Victory Sports Podcast. Oh,